So, um, beloved, um, we are we are in for a treat. Uh, God has uh, uh, um, Raleigh is would he's a spiritual father, um, and um, he's really he's really uh, has a renewed ministry focus at this point that the Lord has led him into. But he has a specific calling to teach and equip pastors to come into the restoration in the one you man. And um, uh, just a little bit about his background. He was one of the co-leaders of the Promise Keepers movement in the 1990s, which touched uh, uh, millions of men and, and uh, praise God now has, has, has been rebirthed in the spirit and is beginning to evolve and grow again. Uh, but during that process, Raleigh, was touched by the Lord and uh, he brought him into a deeper connection with his messianic family. And he really has some incredible knowledge, insight and revelation on how to help uh, the family find this part of, of uh, the restoration in God's family, which, which we believe is foundational to John 17 love and unity. So without further ado, it's always a pleasure. Raleigh, I wanna hand over to you and please share your heart with us. Uh, thank you so much, can you hear me? Can hear you fine, loud and clear. <laughs> thank uh, Grant and all who are listening and watching, it's a joy. Uh, to spend this time with you. It's a joy to share from my heart uh, about uh, what I believe is absolutely the main focus of our Lord in this hour, and that is the one new humanity. Uh, I wanna entitle uh, my message, World Peace. <laughs> uh, if there's anything that's uh, needed uh, in this hour, it is certainly world peace. Uh, but the subtitle would be this. The cure to the pandemic of hurt, hatred, and hostility in one word. And that one word is relationship. But we have to define that relationship and understand what that relationship is all about. And I'll say it now in the beginning and I'll conclude after I've proven it with the word of God, uh, that relationship is really between uh, Gentiles and Messianic Jewish believers. Uh, the relationship between those two, I believe is the catalyst for the peace that we need in this hour. Uh, let me tell you a brief story. I have a, a grandson who is four years old. Uh, and this happened really about two or three months ago because he just turned four a couple of weeks ago. Uh, his name is Isaac. Uh, Isaac is uh, quite a little character. My wife and I were standing in the kitchen and we were babysitting Isaac and he was in our home. And we were talking to each other in the kitchen and we were like nose to nose. And we had a difference of opinion. Now, we weren't angry and we weren't really fussing in our own mind, 
But we were really going back and forth with this disagreement, back and forth, back and forth. And all of a sudden, imagine this, right in between the two of us was little four-year-old Isaac. And he said, guys, 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 calm down, calm down. And we stopped and looked at him. He said, hold your hands out like this. We held our hands out. Take a deep breath. He took a deep breath. He said, now let it out. Okay, now do it again. Hold your hands up. Take a deep breath. Now let it out. Oh, he said, now you got it. And so he said, fist pump, thumb, thumb touch, high five. Now, my young four-year-old grandson thought that my wife and I were fussing, and he didn't like it. And he stepped in, and when he responded like he did, we obeyed what he said. We stopped. We looked at him. We held our hands. We took a deep breath, and we calmed down. Well, you know, I share that story because right now, our nation and much of our world is in tremendous turmoil. There is toxic division all over the place. We have division in marriages. We have divisions in families. We have division in our churches. We have division in our nation, toxic between Democrats and uh, uh, Republicans. The toxic division is something like I have never seen in my 82 years. And what is necessary to change that? I believe the one word is a pandemic really of toxic division. And the one thing that can turn that around, I believe is a God ordained, authentic relationship like never before. You know, husband and wives are the number one relationship on earth. And yet we have problem with husbands and wives. But the same principles that are required for a husband and a wife really to have joy and peace and resolve conflict are the same principles that we need to have in relationship across racial lines, even and especially between Jew and Gentile. And here's what I believe. In all of these divisions, I believe God has given us uh, a priority. I believe the catalyst for all of the divisions to react together has its root spiritually in Jewish and Gentile relationships. Uh, in the Council of Nicaea, 325 AD, uh, we have some wonderful things that came out of the Council of Nicaea. Churches recite the Nicene Creed, and so it's a great, they're wonderful things. However, what is often missed is what happened also at the Council of Nicaea, there was a separation of the Jewish roots of the Christian faith. Before 325 AD, Jews and Gentile believers worshiped together. They were Messianic congregations. It was a natural thing. But in the Council of Nicaea, the church fathers separated everything Jewish from the faith. Uh, look at this analogy. If you take a tree and cut that tree off at ground level, and take that tree that you've cut off and play, plant it somewhere else, what will happen to that tree? In short order, that tree will die. Why? Because that tree has been separated from its roots. 
That is what has happened to the body of Messiah. In 325 AD, uh, uh, the Gentile version and body of Messiah was severed from his Jewish roots as they removed everything Jewish from the scripture. What do we have to do? We have to take that tree that has been separated, ah, the body of Messiah, and we have to replace it with his Jewish roots in order to see uh, revival and toxic division that we're seeing removed. And what does that look like? Uh, it looks like authentic relationship, authentic relationship. Well, uh, what, are, what are the scriptures that drive this? Uh, we know in Genesis 12, 3, uh, God chose Abraham. He was the first Jew. Abraham, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make you into a great nation. All the families in the world will be blessed in you, Abraham. And those who bless you, I will bless. And those who curse you, I will curse. Uh, it's all about what God has said, what he told Abraham. Uh, Romans is the most theological book in the entire Bible. Uh, but if you read Romans chapters 1 through 16, 12 of the 16 chapters say something about God's chosen people. Romans chapter 1, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it's the power of God for salvation for everyone who believes that you first and then the Greek. Uh, so it's throughout the Bible. I took a course in uh, the book of Romans as an elective when I was in seminary. And the professors took us, and man, we looked at Romans 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. And after we got to Romans 8, the next thing he told us was 12, 13, 14, 15, and 16. He skipped Romans 9, 10, and 11. Well, Romans 9, 10, and 11 is the central core of the book of Romans, and it's all about God's heart for his chosen people and what needs to be done. We need to look at this and understand it. Well, what does scripture say? And, and I speak to my, uh, especially to my, my Gentile pastors and leaders and laymen. And because most Messianic believers that I know understand this and understand it exceedingly well, but we have to come together with it. I believe if we understand what Jesus, Yeshua himself said, we can understand what's necessary to really end this toxic division. I'll show you in scripture exactly how that's going to take place. First and foremost, Jesus, Yeshua, he commanded relationship. The one thing that can really end this toxic division, he commanded it. John chapter 13, verse 34 and 35, Yeshua says this, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another. By this, just as I have loved you, by this all men will know that you are my disciples. I love something that uh, uh, Rabbi Grant said uh, earlier uh, during this time of sharing. He said uh, that obedience is the expression of love. Uh, obedience is the expression of love. That is so true. Jesus, Yeshua is saying, he commands us. So he commanded relationship. These are from the words of Yeshua. Let's go again to John chapter 17. 
He prays. Yeshua prays the entire chapter. The central part of what he's praying about comes out in two verses, verses 20 and verse 21 in John 17, where Yeshua prays, Father, I do not pray for these alone, but for those also who believe in me through their word. These are his Jewish apostles. He says, I'm not just praying for my posse, but I'm praying also for everyone who will ultimately believe in me through the word, the word, the gospel was preached by my posse, uh, that they, uh, and that's those. And I'm praying that these and those who believe in me will be one. Uh, now, he goes on to say what that oneness looks like. Father, just as I knew you and me and then us. He gives, as an example of this oneness, the Trinity. He's saying basically in his prayer that the same authentic relationship between God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, I want that dynamic and authenticity in a relationship between Jewish believers and non-Jewish believers, these and those, that they would be one. Now watch this, that the world may believe that you sent me. Jesus in his prayer is saying, that if we get that authentic relationship between Jewish believers and Gentile believers, and they come together as one, the unbelieving world, both the Jew and Gentile, will see those relationships and catalytically be impacted to believe that Yeshua is the sent Messiah. Brothers and sisters, that results to me as the greatest harvest the world has ever seen. So Yeshua, by his word, commanded relationship oneness. In his prayer, he prayed for relationship oneness and specifies it is between these and those, Jew and Gentile, so that the world might believe that he's a sent one. But that's not all he did. This Yeshua also went to Calvary, to the cross, and he died for relationship and oneness between Jewish believers and Gentile believers. Uh, how do we say it? Uh, Ephesians chapter two, verse 14. He is our peace, Yeshua is our peace. He is the Prince of Peace, he is Shalom. He's the Prince of Shalom. Yeshua is our Shalom, uh, who broke down the barrier of the dividing wall of hostility between the two groups. The Bible only puts all mankind in two categories, Jewish and non-Jewish, Jewish and Gentile. He says that in himself, his work on the cross, he destroyed the hostility that existed between Jewish and Gentile believers so that in himself, his work on the cross, that he might make the two into one new humanity, thus establishing peace. Now it's important to understand this. We know that when he went to the cross, he also died to destroy the hostility between man and God, between human man and Adonai. He destroyed that hostility. That results in regeneration so that we can have, watch it, that one word, relationship with 
Adonai through his son, Yeshua, and the work on the cross. So uh, that's the first primary purpose for the cross and the work on the cross. But the second purpose was to destroy the hostility that exists between Jewish and non-Jewish believers so that in himself and his work on the cross, he may, might make the two into one new humanity, thus establishing peace. Watch that uh, uh, priority. This one new humanity, authentic relationships between Jewish and Gentile believers will result in peace. That's in verse 15 in the second chapter of Ephesians. The definition of peace in verse 15 in uh, Ephesians chapter 2 is this, a state of national tranquility. You got to hear me. I said earlier, my title was War of Peace. I said the, the pandemic uh, can be resolved or cured by one word, and that's relationship. Here's where it is promised, a promise of Adonai. If we understand him, Jewish believers in the Messiah, Gentile believers in the Messiah, if we come together as one new humanity in massive formations, then the promise of Adonai is that that coming together, he will create a state of national tranquility. We need that in America. We need that around the world like never, ever before. Now, if you take a shirt, uh, I have on a shirt that's only buttoned down part way, but if the shirt is buttoned down all the way and you start buttoning that shirt up right in the middle, I've done that many times, that shirt will be lopsided. See, old men, young boys, they do this all the time because you start in the middle. When you do that, that shirt will be this way. But if you take that shirt, and you button the top button first. Every other button and buttonhole lines up together. You see, the top button for Adonai's shirt for reconciliation, for relationship, the top button is the manner of Jew and Gentile, one in Messiah. He is saying to us, get that one right, and I'll take care of the rest for you. So the issue that we're so concerned about, black and white racism, uh, 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 Asians, black and blacks and whites, and all of these racial conflicts he's have, he says, if you, you want my power and my purpose, follow my formula and my priority. And my formula and priority is this, take care of number one, Jew and Gentile. That's the top button. And when that is done, other things will fall in place. We will get his favor. We will get his power to take place. Now, how do we guarantee that this happens? Uh, we need intentionality. Uh, I want to admit this. Pastors, if you're listening to me, I went to a number one seminary in America, ranked rank in the top five of conservative, solid, orthodox, theological seminary training. I got a mass of divinity, but I didn't learn anything about what I am saying right now. It was missed. 
Uh, why? Because of replacement theology. Why? Because a lot of people have been taught that uh, God is done with Israel. He's coming back for the church, and they don't realize that if you take the Greek word for church, ecclesia, that's a gathering of believers, that's Jew and Gentile coming together as one, because when our Lord returned, he's coming back to the Mount Wallace, he's coming back to Jerusalem. And if we understand that, it will really take place. Uh, I, uh, 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 my heart uh, was really pierced for God's chosen people in 1996, when uh, 40,000 pastors uh, through Promise Keepers, which I was a part of at that time, came uh, together uh, in Atlanta, and we had a powerful meeting, a powerful meeting like never before. Uh, I got to share the message of reconciliation at that meeting, and when it was over, uh, well, Coach McCartney called for all of the pastors of color, and there were 3,000 of the 40,000 pastors there were pastors of color, and he called them all down to come down, and he wanted to bless them and for, for everyone, and when they were coming down, the whites pastors was cheering, and coach just called them all down. It started 45 minutes of euphoria like never before, and then when we all got down, we had a time of prayer and a time of communion. Fast forward now, that was in February of 1996. Fast forward uh, to September of that year, we were back in Atlanta with a men's conference with 50 men, 50,000 men into the uh, at, uh, Georgia Dome. Then a, a Messianic rabbi by the name of Robert, Robert Solomon uh, demanded to see Coach McCartney and myself. I call him Rabbi Hutzpah Solomon. We saw him. Uh, rabbi Solomon said, Raleigh and Coach, when you, when, when you gather 40,000 pastors, I was there with 12 Messianic rabbis. And when you call for the pastors of color to come down, we all came down. We were in tears. It, it was unbelievable. I shared tears. I've never experienced anything like that in my life. But Coach and Raleigh, you forgot about us. We said, who are you? He said, we are Jewish believers in the Jewish Messiah. We are biological descendants of the Jewish Messiah. And you recognize every racial group, but you didn't identify us. Coach McCartney looked at me and said, find out who they are and what we need to do. And that started us on a sojourn that resulted in where we are now. Uh, it is incumbent. It is mandatory. We have to come together like never before. Uh, I want to give you one practical word uh, to, uh, to carry this out. So if it requires relationship, how do we make it happen? We have to understand that we have to be intentional and committed. Intentionality and commitment to relationship. That's what's happened in, in a marriage. And that's what we have to do between uh, blacks and whites. And so how do we do that? We have to understand that Jesus has commanded and it's mandatory. And so we have to have intentional activity. And so when we come together across racial lines and we're intentional and we're having a mandatory uh, relationship together, we have to understand that we, uh, conflict is going to come. So how do we resolve conflict? We have to understand dialogue. Dialogue, uh, uh, listen to this, rule how, R-U-E-L-H-O-W-E says this, dialogue is 
is necessary to take place. He calls it the miracle of dialogue. He said, any one of us can become adversarial, even those whom we love, but dialogue can resolve the adversarial dynamic because dialogue is to love what blood is for the body. When the flow of blood stops, the body dies. But when dialogue uh, stops, love dies, watch this, and resentment is born. But dialogue can initiate, sustain, and resolve conflict. The only key is both persons must be committed to dialogue and they must pursue dialogue relentlessly. That is the dynamic. That is the miracle of dialogue. Uh, now, if we can understand that we have to come together across racial lines, Jew and Gentile, and we have to uh, uh, be in authentic relationships, we have to understand conflict will come. But when conflict comes, what we have to do is be committed to faithful dialogue. And in that faithful dialogue, we can resolve the conflict and we can have authentic relationships that will bless our Lord and, and bring about revival. Uh, Martin Luther King, his movement was phenomenal, but it didn't become world gripping and gripping throughout America until Jewish people became a part of it. Now, what do I mean by that? Uh, doing the, uh, the, the civil rights movement of Martin Luther King, three young adults were murdered in Mississippi. One was Cheney, Swerner, and Goodman. Cheney was black, Swerner was Jewish, Goodman was Jewish. When those two Jewish and that African-American young adults were murdered, it gripped the nation, but it also brought Jewish men and women to embrace Martin Luther King and his movement. And all of a sudden the movement had power directly related to the joining of the Jewish people with Martin Luther King. Uh, it made a difference when they crossed uh, uh, Edmund Pettus Bridge. The first time they couldn't do it, but the second time they had about 25% of them were white and 70% of the white people were Jewish, they went across the line. Jewish people joined Martin Luther King. When Martin Luther King gave his great message, I have a dream, the person who spoke before him was Rabbi Swerner, the father of the one who was murdered. Many people don't know that dynamic. It's great. When African-Americans and Jewish people come together, something powerful has happened. NAACP was started with four blacks and two Jewish people. And the chairman of the NAACP for the first 25 years of his, of his ex existence was Jewish. We came together like nobody's business. So here's what I wanna do as I wrap this up. My challenge to pastors, to lay men and women, to, to brothers and sisters in the Lord. If we understand the heart of God, the command of, of Jesus Christ and the prayer of our Lord and the death of our Lord and our, the priority focused on the most important relationship earthly that is going to 
stop this pandemic of division, we have to understand that Jewish believers and Gentile believers must come together in a dynamic of one new man relationships. And I want to see African-Americans right at the front of the line doing this because it will make a difference. One new humanity, uh, one faith, one love, one God, one spirit, one body, and one new humanity. If we understand it and we live it and follow it out, we can change the world and bring peace to this current pandemic of hate, hatred, and hostility with one single word, relationship between Jewish and Gentile believers, the one new humanity. Amen.